those of you who listened to the first one are back for our second episode and hopefully got some new listeners as well as we try and bring to bring to life some of the, the figures who've been involved in the development of the of the game across Europe in the last 20 years. And we certainly got somebody who was a, a founding uh, figure. Uh, it's Milan Martinek from Czechoslovakian Rugby League. Um, and uh, we're going back uh, way to the start of the century in terms of Milan got involved in, in, in Czech Rugby League and, of course, has had a, a good history and is a valued member of the Rugby League European Federation. Uh, good afternoon to you, Milan. How are you? Hi, Graham. I'm, I'm good, yes. Thank you. Good. So we always establish, first of all, where, where we are in the world. Uh, I, I'm in Edinburgh. Whereabouts are you, Milan? Well, I, I currently live a, um, in the Midlands, uh, near Leicester, so that's where I'm based now. Okay, right. But of course, you, you are Czech. Um, tell us about just where you, where you grew up uh, briefly about in, in, in Czech. I, I grew up in the uh, Moravian part of the country. A nearby uh, town of Olomouc, where some of the starting games were were played as well. Okay, and what was were you a sporting family? Were you a sports person yourself, or or, or was it was that something you developed later? Uh, I come from. I have got a farming background uh, from both sides with parents, but uh, I I always had a passion for sport, so. Um, yeah, that's that's the route I, I took in my life. Okay, and your first route into rugby was uh, through rugby union, and you, you you played rugby union in. Am I right in thinking in France for a, a good club team for a while? Uh, yes, I I signed a few clubs, but uh, I only played for a for one uh, uh, in eastern France in a town called Besançon. Okay. And you played for Czech Rugby Union as well, didn't you, in that time? I did, yes. Right, okay. So, what, what, what time? Just let's start putting some time, time periods on this for everybody. What, what period were you in France playing Rugby Union? I played in 1996, 97, I believe it was. Right. Okay. And then, obviously, you went, did you go back to Czech? And were you playing Rugby Union in, in Czech after that? Uh, yes, well, I have decided to. I after coming back from France uh, to concentrate on my on my career, and obviously, you know, those days, a rugby rugby globally was in transition. And as I come from a a small rugby nation, so right. you have to take all things into the consideration. So, and then I was approaching a you know age of thirty. So, uh, right. yes, I got back and uh, started sort of like a changing my approach towards life. Okay. And were you aware of rugby league? Were you aware that it was two codes of rugby, even when you were playing, uh, you know, uh, for Czech Rugby Union and, and playing in France? Uh, I was aware, uh, but if I'm honest, uh, obviously I wasn't a great follower. Uh, my first experience, as my wife is British, uh, was a north of England, obviously, and uh, it was while we were visiting our family in Scarborough, and then uh, I found in a local paper that uh, there was a game being played at Bradford, Bulls uh, versus St. Helens. So, uh, yeah, I persuaded my wife and we, uh, we drove to a Bradford and it was a, it was a lovely Friday a afternoon or evening for Otsal Stadium. It was a great experience which I will never, ever forget. What year was that in, in Milan, if I can ask? 
Uh, that was, I believe, I think it was in 1995. Right. It was around, around, or maybe after the after the Union World Cup in South Africa. So I, I think it was. I know that I, the, the Bradford Bulls, they had a, they had a, um, Henry brothers playing for them, and of course Australian coaches. So it was that period of time. Oh yeah, Henry Paul and Robbie Paul. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry. Yeah, two, two. Yeah, two great uh, Kiwi brothers. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're back in. We take it forward to back in Czech. And you're still involved in rugby union now. Kevin Rudd, a um, couple of weeks ago, gave us a bit of a teaser as to how you got involved in in rugby league. And there's something around about an antenatal class that's to do with how you got involved in rugby league. Can you tell us a bit more about that, Milan? Because that's quite intriguing. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, we can say um, uh, we can say with a bit of humour that we 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 have to blame we have to blame our ladies, but uh, I think we should thank them because uh, yeah, it was a uh, one Sunday afternoon and. Uh, 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 I took a part with my wife, of course. I, it was a ex, expat community in Prague. And, of course, there we met with Pippa, uh, who is Kevin's sister-in-law, and uh, a few uh, other people from all across the world. And, uh, yes, that's how it all started. She just mentioned, well, you, you, could, you could look, you look like a rugby player. I said, well, I used to play. And then she said, well... Uh, you know, somebody I know, he's uh, involved in the uh, European development of the of the rugby league. Would you be interested? And I said yes, of course. And that's that's that was the first point of contact, really. And what year was that, Milan? Uh, that was a two thousand and five, I think, early early in the year. If Until, I yeah, when you look back at that moment, because we all have moments in life where you meet people and they provide you opportunities, and I appreciate you you'd played rugby union and you'd seen a bit of you know rugby league. What, why why do you think you were interested in that one? What what, what have you looked back and thought? What what was it that really sort of thought? Yeah, I'll do that. Well, it's I maybe I mentioned before I was always a passionate about sport. Generally speaking, I you know I experienced or practice few sports myself, you know, like a, like a soccer athleticism, uh, something we have got in former Czechoslovakia as a national body is called a falcon, a sokol. That's a mixture of a wrestling and a sports gymnastics, you know. So, uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, uh, rugby league guys are the great athletes, you know, and uh, so I said that passion sort of like, a, you know, a gave me confidence sort of like it would be great experience and then it it actually went from there if i'm honest okay so was it just an email phone call to kevin you know i'd like to uh, do something what do if, i do now? if i am honest technically i do not remember details of this but i'm sure <laughs> as i said pippa uh i think i have received an email with an introduction and then of course uh, uh then we exchanged a few emails and uh um during the christmas time we met. Uh, we met uh, in the Midlands when Kevin was traveling, traveling uh, home to sort of like a north uh, for Christmas from London. So that was the that was the first uh, first meeting with Kevin uh, and his wife. Okay, and and just you know, you, you, there you are. You're in your home city, um, and you want to start something. You know, it's not well known. It's very very new. Where do you start? Do you, do you do you go and speak to some of your rugby union um, your network because obviously that was going to be quite uh, you know significant having been a, a, an international player or or do you think actually 
Um, you know, it's players I need, but I also need some people who'll do some of the organising off the field. What, what's how did you find your way through it all? Well, as you as you uh, say, Graham, it's, it's this is a pure scenario of a very very fresh start. You know, basically from zero. And uh, yes, my approach was quite simple. I I spoke first of all. I asked for a a permission if that would be welcome activity and uh, chairman of a at the time of a Czech rugby union he was he welcomed the idea because obviously uh, he's a he's a, a huge a french fan and uh, he played in france himself and he said that obviously many of the french uh, counties they they uh, have got a similar kind of uh, cooperation so uh, that gave me confidence that uh, you know uh, is a good way good route to go and yep. then I started contacted, uh, contacting a club by club, and I had a various feedbacks. You know, some people were more uh, more conservative than the others, but generally yep. speaking, uh, I had a I had a positive feedback all over. You know, so uh, that gave us a confidence that uh, we could maybe start planning um, some training sessions and 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 further on. So. It- and it's interesting to talk about that because this is this is this is ten years, as you say, since rugby union's gone professional or gone open. And before that, you know, you could be um, banned from rugby league. Um, sorry, banned from rugby union for playing rugby 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 league. Did you find any? You know, that some people might say no to you because they didn't have the time. They didn't like that that form of rugby. Did you ever sense it was a, something political or or some of the old sort of discrimination, or did was that not really in check rugby union? Uh, I think you have mentioned obviously that um, I'd say there are two things, you know, sort of like a first one, um, you have got always people in both camps, they are very orthodox, they are, they are very proud, they are very passionate about, you know, they believe, if I can put it this way, and some of the people, yes, might have been in, in, uh, in the Czech Republic those days, but um, as I used to play and, and I captained my country, you know, so uh, again, I, I approached the whole project or pilot project, if you want to call it that way, with, with uh, mutual respect, you know. So I have asked for permission and I, I felt I wasn't doing, I was, I was not making any wrongdoing. Uh, I, I felt yeah. that, you know, it is a great sport and uh, again, some of those feedbacks were quite positive, you know, so... And the players, the young players, they people just like you. They just they just saw a couple of tapes, you know, and then uh, they said that's that's interesting, you know, that's 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 a fast, fast a a collision sport, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, one or two people, you know, might be unkind, but that's that's a human nature, isn't it? That's pretty normal, I think. People okay. are protective of their yeah. of yeah. their territories, you know. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And uh, your first session, uh, it was it was in the the winter time, so it was indoors, and about a dozen people there. Uh, and are you you you're presumably taking part in coaching and organising, doing doing all the roles, you know, chief water bottle filler up as well. Is that is that the kind of what was going on? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, um, obviously we were we were being introduced uh, by Kevin, you know, sort of like a. Basics, yeah. Yep. Play the ball, and what do you, what do you do with it after? Sort of like you know, and uh, um, it was it was funny at the times because you know we were boys wanted to 
show themselves in, in the best possible light, you know, so they wouldn't mind going or diving on a on a hard floor or in the in the a a handball or basketball <laughs> basketball yeah. arena, you know. So uh, no, it was interesting, and uh, I think it was it was uh, very well welcomed by everybody. And what was the first game? What, 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 you know, how did you get your first game? Was it was it a game within a check between two teams there, or was it playing going and playing somebody else? What was the the first game setting um, like? If I we have had a few training sessions obviously because uh, what we started well what I started doing I started obviously discussing with the with the expats and uh, there were some British guys you know there were some guys from Australia so obviously they they welcomed idea so we have we had a few training sessions and uh, then we have received a feedback a from Kevin that a a British student pioneers uh, would be interested in touring, you know, so that was a, I believe, a next step. Um, yep. And then we had a first game, away game, offered from uh, from Netherlands. And that's how it all started. So we travelled to Netherlands, played the, played the uh, Tasmans. Uh, yep. There I met with Ian Thompson, who was doing obviously similar, yeah. similar thing in, 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 in Netherlands. And uh, it was a great experience, you know. We we travelled uh, on a minibus over the night. I had a small small sort of like a barbecue. We 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 covered all the uh, catering, you know. We we were sort of like a, it was like a like a going a, in a campsite, you know, but with a rugby ball. <laughs> and uh, yeah, boys were keen to play, you know, even with the fatigue after a travel. So uh, we we lost narrowly, but it was a great experience. Uh, very welcome by everybody, you know. So that spirit was really good, and uh, people were buzzing. So they forgot about fatigue, really. It's interesting, you know. I can, I can, um, I can sort of align with what you're talking about there with Scottish students, and you know, you're doing something a bit different. There's a certain pride of being a bit of a pioneer, as you say. I mean, that that's what the Great Britain students are known as pioneers tour. But you know, like there, your sense of pioneering work, of you know, being the first to breaking new ground. That obviously is a sense of achievement for you and your your, your teammates at that time, and, and and particularly when you travel out to to other countries. Absolutely, you know. So uh, I remember I remember a couple of you know sort of like situations from from a uh, obviously during the day, you know, before, during, and after, and uh, I just sum it very very simply. Everybody felt really energized after, you know, even even. Imagine traveling on on a minibus, you know, so like a do self self catering, you know, uh, play decent sport in decent tempo. Yeah. So the, drinks after, but yeah, again, oh, sort of like you know absolutely. that that fatigue was visible. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I, I I I've been to Rotterdam um, when when there was some rugby league work going on, and Ian Thompson was was there then, and and certainly good hosts, uh, I I would say. No, no, absolutely. You know that uh, there were quite few. Obviously, a you know the Kiwis are, and and Aussies playing for them, but everybody was yep. friendly. You know, sort of like a, everything was everything was done in in really really a good, positive sports and human spirit. You know, so there's nothing sort of like we could we could talk um, about in negative way. You know, everybody was friendly. You know, uh, Ian is 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 a good man. You know. And uh, obviously he has got a, then I've learned that he has got a bit of a, you know, a, 
a professional history about him as well. So that was somebody we looked towards with, with, with the greatest of respect, really, you know. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, you were playing Serbia in the Slavic Cup. That's right. Yeah, that must have been another big milestone to achieve. I was, yeah, because obviously uh, at the time I was still involved um, in, in coaching one of the clubs in Prague, Slavia Prague, you know, so we uh, the game was uh, took a place at that facility in Prague 10. And so we had the people from Serbian embassy there, you know, so we it was a bit better, obviously, it's a home game. And uh, the Serbian guys, they did exactly the same what we did two weeks before, you know, they travel over the night. Uh, but again, they showed a tremendous spirit, and it was a it was a similar sort of experience. Obviously, we lost because we were not ex as experienced as, as they were. But uh, we we lost narrowly, and uh, again, it was a, it was a fantastic uh, fantastic day out for everybody. So, in effect, am I right in saying you must have been the first dual code Czech rugby union Czech rugby league player to play international for both in both uh, and Czech? I would. <sighs> I th I I think so at the time. I mean, there were a couple of guys. Obviously, they had the they were in the training camps. Yeah. But uh, possibly, possibly, yeah. I just uh, yeah. I, I, maybe I would I would let the others to to look into the stats. But <laughs> I, I, I could have I could have been yeah with with. Uh, yeah, you're a modest man that comes across. But one of the other, you must have been proud. I think you played for Czech rugby league at your, at your home ground. Yeah, that 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 must have been a proud moment. Yes, because when we had a a the Pownies, the British British students over, uh, so we played uh, first game at the Slavia Slavia Prague. That's why that's why I was coaching at the time. But then uh, we agreed with uh, Kevin that it, it would be good to go from the uh, Bohemian land uh, further towards east to the to the counties of Moravia, and uh, this is where I was born and raised up. You know, so we played second game. Uh, in the town of Olomouc, and uh, yeah, it was it was a proud moment because, and we got a great support there as well by you know by by my old teammates and coaches. So it was a, it was a nice experience again. Fantastic, absolutely. But I mean, that's 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 a great thing to have started something and then a little bit of full circle back on your back in your home ground. So you, you've got that national team established, and. Um, how much? How did you go about creating other people to help with the administration? Because, you know, once you get something going and, and teams playing, then it does create new administration. And if you want to be part of European Federation, there's some, you know, governance requirements there. How how did you go about that, Milan? Well, obviously, uh, uh, nobody can do it by by himself, you know. So, um, as I mentioned before, um, I've approached few expats and. Uh, other Czech guys as well, and so we formed because one of those uh, one of those a criteria, as you would be aware, you have to fulfil. You have to officially register as a sports association, so that brings uh, on other challenges. But of course, that gives you on the positive side structure and support. You know, so so we have formed the first uh, first a committee of the association. And that involved, uh, you know, a couple of couple of Brits and uh, Czech guys, including one uh, British a, a media guy. So uh, that's how we started, and we were we were spreading the the workload, and of course we were sharing, as you would, you know, in the uh, all the experiences and opinions, and that's that's 
would help us to, to move forward on a regular basis. And did you begin to see um, clubs and, and you know, begin to, you know, because when you get this national team together, then they disperse back to the local areas. You're, you're hoping that they become local missionaries and things work, start working around them and creating some kind of, you know, domestic club structure. Did that begin to emerge? Of course it did, because again, you would rely, uh, you would rely heavily on, on, on um, Kevin's a role and uh, the support was always, uh, you know, there. And uh, so he, ma he managed, he managed uh, the project with, with us very, very carefully because he experienced it before in the, in the other countries, you know. So uh, it was all, all clicking, clicking in. And uh, the ones um, I've met with the Andy Mulhall, who was a, an Australian uh, player, currently living uh, and teaching English in town of Pardubice. Uh, then sort of like uh, things started uh, accelerating and then the idea uh, was introduced to think seriously about some kind of a, a home starting competition. And that's what we were trying to uh, achieve. Okay. And what, what sort of numbers of clubs did you get up to in your time? What was the highest number you got up to playing regularly? No, we were we were going for the four clubs, and yep. we we had won a army team, um, that was a an old tank regiment not far away from my uh, hometown in, of Olomouc, yep. and uh, again I think these guys were the first ever a uh, champions that year because they they managed to win. And it's interesting, you know. I presume you know there the, there would be people similar like you who'd played rugby union. Um, you know, as, 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 as a youngster and then played it as an adult. It, it always um, got a similar route myself. It always fascinated me when I saw people discover rugby league, you know, and the impact upon them in terms of the speed, the continuity, getting their hands on the ball and so on, particularly for forwards from rugby union. Is that the kind of things that you witnessed as well? I and mean, just that, you know, just almost a sense of discovery for some people about, you know, there's another form of rugby here that, you know, has got some other attractions to it. You know, that, that that's, it's a great thing to see people go through that journey, in my view. Well, absolutely, absolutely, Graham, and especially, you know, with, with all the respect, um, all the, especially front row union players, they were amazed, you know, how much ball they could, they could have, you know, and, and, and a good runs and good carries. So, you know, there, there was always positive feedback. Of course, uh, it is hard in terms of fitness because, you know, you have to, especially when you're defending, uh, you have to make your 10 yards and then it is non-stop, isn't it? So you need, you need to so like aim to get the ball back uh, to your control. But uh, yes, as, as you said, uh, forwards, especially front row forwards, they, they, were, they were overwhelmed by a amount of the time with the ball. Yeah, sure. And you mentioned there Andy Mulhall, and I met Andy a few times. Uh, another person that I know, because it, it, you, you do want um, you know the, the Czech people taking it on the, uh, but also if you've got expats there um, to utilise them. Another guy, Andy Fairhurst, I know was pretty, and I knew Andy Fairhurst from Leeds Ackies when I was living in, in Leeds in a club uh, I, I helped uh, with up there, and Andy was uh, was uh, was a coach and player there. That was someone else who who was. Who was pretty helpful to you in his time out in day check? Um, the guy, the guy who sort of like worked in a tandem with 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 Andy uh, Andy Andy Fihurst was a 
local guy called Michal Priputen, and okay. uh, that was a that was another project because um, when I moved from Moravian lands uh, towards a towards a Bohemian and Prague territory, um, we we bought a house with my wife um, southwest of Prague, in county of Baron, and Baron is a a an old a royal market town about 30 30 kilometers from prague and it is known as as a ice hockey ice hockey town uh, for those who wouldn't know ice hockey is a national sport in czech republic and um, i was lucky enough to a find a very keen and kind a pe teacher husband and wife uh, in a secondary school, and that's sort of like how we started a growing the game in that little town, and the a response by the young lads was was tremendous. So they 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 got a challenge on, and uh, uh, that was a very first team, and it was always uh, our plan. Obviously, we couldn't do without help of the uh, union community, rugby union community, but the a uh, ambition. And vision was always uh, to get a fresh new people to the sport, and that was starting slowly happening through guys like uh, you know both both Andes and whoever was there to help. Yeah, sure. And you talk about the young players because you you had an under under eighteen nineteen European Championship in Prague uh, in your time as well. Is that right? Yes, we did. We uh, the, the uh, we had two pools. One pool was played in Baron. Yep. And a, of course, the other the other pool was played. The stronger one was played in Prague, yep. and um, the I think I have to mention as well the very first game we played against that a, a young team uh, uh, of Baron who were at the time called uh, called a Baron Black Panthers, and the name the name uh, was given to us. By the Gates Gateshead Panthers, right? Who were touring over, um, right? And that was, uh, I think, a project with the British police guys as well. So we had a very, very good event in Baron, and with the help of the lo local teachers and P teachers, we had a full stand. You know, I think there was something like thirteen, fourteen hundred young kids. Because we find the sponsors, and then we made it. We wanted to make it a big event, and it was a it was a good, good a big event, you know. Sort of like a Saudi return in the stands yeah. was uh, was 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 amazing for everybody involved. So just just for everybody, which which countries attended that? You know, we're we're talking here about presumably where were England and Ireland and Wales countries like that. You know that kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah, the uh, uh, as you say, the the all, all, all British nations were there. The France were there. France, of course, yes. Uh, obviously, Czech Republic were there, and uh, we had a as you often would do. There was a like an international development team taking part as well. Okay, so just one other person that we have a connection with is uh, Tony Smith, um, the the ex um, uh, Leeds, Warrington, Huddersfield, England coach now head coach of Hull Kiara. I was uh, I worked with uh, Tony at the RFL and I was a team manager to uh, being him the head coach in two two eight two nine and uh, you know uh, one of the best coaches I've ever had the privilege to work with and he came out in his time didn't he and and, and helped you and and. and 
and ran sessions, coaching sessions, you know, for adults, for kids, and a really good, positive ambassador for rugby league, isn't he? Absolutely, without without shadow of a doubt, you know. So uh, you know, meeting meeting people of 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 such a profile, you know, who are who are so friendly and so knowledgeable, uh, nobody could ever ever forget experience like that. That's for sure. And that was that was tremendous, and it was a it was a it was an honor and privilege to be part of a moments like that. That's for sure. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a friendship you kept going as well, didn't you, with Tony? I believe. Yes, we met. We met actually later when we played um, when we played the a Catalonia in in Barcelona, and it was a doubleheader with the uh, Warrington because Tony at the time was coaching the Warrington Wolves, and they were they were playing Catalan Dragons on the as you as you would know the, you know the people of Catalonia are very proud, and I yes. think they had a local Independence Day or some some huge local like a na- national fete. Over there, so we were part of that, and it was that was a brilliant experience, as well. Okay, so so obviously nothing lasts forever, which is understandable. So, in, in what sort of time period were you beginning to hand the baton on to others to take up the take up the activity? It was, I believe, it was a a two thousand and ten for me. Yep. Uh, because we have just in that season, of course, uh, we had uh, the Catalonia game. Which was a way uh, was a good preparation for us, uh, and then we had uh, in our pool in the European competition that year we were playing a Germany at home and Italy away, right. and it took us it took us a four years to get a first a senior win under the belt, and we managed that you know so for me it was a bit of a satisfaction. Yeah. to be there with the boys and of course you know as you mentioned before the things were getting a bit more a uh, bit more difficult because in terms of a workload you know I, I had a big job as well at the time I was working as a country manager for a French firm so you know I was running out of the steam you know yeah. but organization was growing bigger um, there were more youngsters you know more uh, independent new people to the sport coming in uh, there was a a Development officer established established in the name of of a, a Andy Mulhall, the Australian guy. So the 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 base was there, you know. Uh, I forgot to mention one name as well. Uh, that's Ian Sellers, who was doing all the admin, you know, and he was helping with the a commercial contacts as well, so like to raise a bit of money here and there. So yes. Um, after that season and after our game, after our game against against uh, Serbia as well, uh, I've decided to step down. So there was a there was an end. Of, I felt it was the end of my journey. Okay, but testament to you that it continued because um, if it's only built around one person, there's there's an instability to that. So for you to have gathered in, whether it be that number of players and that more so the administrators to you know to 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 make sure as it has to continue and still be. You know, a, an energetic and vibrant organisation, and that really is uh, one of the best legacies that you can leave. Not just what you achieved in your time, but the fact it continues after you. So, that that, that that's fantastic, Milan. And looking back in that period, what would be your, what would be your proudest achievement or moment? Well, if I if I can if I can, we can talk we can talk um, things on a, on a field, but uh, 
I would like to sort of like uh, see, you know, the, the, the wide picture. So I think the biggest achievement, if I, if I talk from the bottom of my heart, is that the sport is still there in the country of Czech Republic, you know. There are, there are more people, more young people new to the sport. There are a few more clubs, you know. Of course, there are there are difficulties, as they always will be, you know. But people, people still there and still exist, you know. So uh, I'm I'm overwhelmed by that, and I think this is the biggest achievement. Uh, nobody could sort of like uh, uh, imagine at the very very beginning. And and it's it's a good uh, good link that because, you know, when you look around the whole of Europe now. And and the and the you know the, the members that we have and, and and the activities going on, it's what it's quite a difference from two o five. What do you make of the progress that's been made across the whole continent? I mean that's that's good. You know that's that's a testament to the people who are involved. Sort of like a, a testament to the strategy of the of the European uh, you know, Rugby League Federation and all the all the bigger more powerful bodies you know around and and behind that so uh, it is clear that there's 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 this you know strategic plan in a place you know of course funds are always limited that's for sure you know but uh, again it is it is a fantastic sport you know and and we said it many times today you know people just love to be to be part of and people and people love to be around you know about so that's yes. that's uh, i think in very very brief and it's you know, it has. You know, there's a, there's a massive bigger membership nowadays, but there's still countries coming new for the first time appearing. What would be the one piece of advice that you'd give the the the, the Milan of a country yet not to be playing rugby league or, or, or organise themselves, and they, they find themselves as the person saying, "I want to do this. What do I do next?" What, what's your one piece of advice from from the journey you went on, Milan? Um, I mean, again. Um... I think first of all, because we we only human beings, you know, we have got a commitments here and there, and we have got other commitments, not just a a, a sport or passion, but just just be honest with the people, be honest with the people, you know, do the best you can, and with a passion and a vision, you can go a long way, you know. But you have to be honest because people have other things to do as well. So uh, you know, uh, what you put in. Sooner or later, it will come back to you. As simple as that. Milan, I think you've you just given us the words, and there's no doubt you you know you talk the talk, but you more than anything walk the walk the walk as well. And I think um, I think uh, very grateful for what you did in 2005, uh, and 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 those in the present day playing Czech Czech rugby league and have got the option to play rugby in rugby league. The option is there now uh, from a younger age, and 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 the ability to do that. So. Well, and that's been a fascinating insight into your journey, uh, what what you achieved in that just that five year period. And as you say, testament to the fact that um, it's still going strong. So thank you, Milan, for joining us. Really enjoyed that. I was, it was a pleasure, Graham. And uh, if I can just mention one last thing, uh, yep. in these in these unprecedented and difficult times, you know, uh, best wishes to everybody, not only a rugby league community, but to all. Uh, good people around the world you know hopefully we will get soon to some kind of normality so best wishes to everybody it was a pleasure take care absolutely Milan totally agree with that listen folks um, yeah please stay healthy stay safe uh, in these difficult times